Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Trundle Bed Tales. Tonight we're going to talk about the Walnut Grove uh, pageant, which is uh, the, one of the um, one of the three pageants that is going right now, and is definitely, as I always say, the most Hollywood with all the coolest stuff. So we're going to learn a little bit about how that works and how you can enjoy going to the pageant yourself, but. First, we have just a little housekeeping. So, I want to remind everybody that if you have a question uh, or if you just want to listen live, not streaming to the computer, while the show is live, you can call in two ways. You can call 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free 1-877-633-9389. You can also stream it live. The chat room is now open. And be sure, if you enjoy the episode, to look for me around the web at Trundlebed Tales. You can find me on a blog, on Twitter, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Google+, on Vimeo, on Instagram, and Flickr. So pretty much everywhere you look, that's gonna, I'm going to be there with more of the great stories about Laura Ingalls Wilder, children's literature, and social history. So with no further ado, I think that about wraps up the house, housekeeping. And I would like to welcome our uh, very special guest tonight, a longtime cast and crew member of the Walnut Grove pageant. Daryl, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello there. My name is Daryl Herdlichka, and I've been a cast member at the pageant for 10 years, and I took part a year before that. Um, I've been in acting since high school, and it's just, it's in my blood. I've done a number of parts in the pageant i've helped in other areas you know backstage and music and everything else and it's just an incredible show i'm lucky to be a part of it well i'm sure they're lucky to have you too Uh, for people who might not know if they're listening out there what exactly is the walnut grove pageant the walnut grove pageant is more of a historical pageant it's based on the community of walnut grove Back in the 1870s, when the Ingalls came through, we have historic families. We have, you know, historic um, businesses that would have been in town, and we try to keep it as accurate as possible. And the show begins with the Ingalls coming into town and purchasing the dugout, and it progresses through their time in the town until they leave for the community of Dismet. And it is uh, located... 
uh, now in a, a national natural amphitheater. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yes, the first year they had it, it was actually performed in the school. And there were so many people who were so interested in seeing it. The auditorium was packed, and the temperature, I've heard, was over 100 degrees. And so the next year, one of the people behind... Sorry, one of the people behind the Wilder pageant decided that outdoors would be a proper setting, and that was a man named Al Farber, and he rented his land to the Wilder pageant itself, and that's where the um, natural amphitheater comes on. It's on a hillside with a nice flat bottom, and the uh, set is on the bottom, and the seats are on the hillside. I just can't imagine what that would have been like. I mean, I haven't been in a school gym for a performance like that in July, but we did plays in May, and good heavens, we were just dying in there. It was so hot. So that was a, that was um, very uh, show-must-go-on-y of them to try and put out a show in July. So it, and yes, it I was. And, and one of the things that I've gotten to do, and um, I know this is a total geek thing to do, but I got to go and see the, the gym where the first production was, and I was, like, geeking out all over the place. And I'm sure nobody else cares, but I thought that was really cool that I got <laughs> to see the gym. So uh, is this uh, pageant of the same every year? Is it the same script? It's basically the same script. We may add a scene or tweak it, but we do tend to follow the same formula. It's been roughly the same place since 1994 when it uh, shifted focus from Ma telling the story to Laura telling the story. And the first act is with them being in town before they, basically before they move away to Burr Oak, and most of Act 2 happens after they come out from Burr, or come back from Burr Oak, Iowa. Um. And that's a little different than some of the other pageants. The um, the SMET pageant changes pretty much every year. And uh, the Mansfield one, I think the script pretty much stays the same, but the actors change within the play. So I think that counts as changing around a bit. Uh, so how did the pageant get started in Walnut Grove? In 1978, it was only a few years after the television show began, and while the original Little House on the Prairie would have been in Kansas, um, they named it Walnut Grove. I guess they liked the sound of the name, and Walnut Grove decided this would be a chance to bring in some tourism to our own community. And so um, James Merchant, a local writer, came up with the first script for it, and he wrote the story. As I said, it was told from the viewpoint of Caroline Ingalls about life in Walnut Grove. And in 1978, that was the the first year it was performed at the school, and it just went from there. It's evolved over the years, as I said, but they thought that would be a good way to bring tourism in. Uh, You mentioned the DeSmet pageant. Sorry. uh, No, that's okay. I was interrupting you. I just was going to say that uh, the first time I got to see the Walnut Grove pageant, it was a surprise for my birthday. My mom, we were on a trip up north, kind of in, near Minnesota, and, and she uh, had planned without telling me that we had tickets to the pageant. So we got to see it fairly early on, um, about 
uh, early mid eighties. And that was really a nice script. I am just very impressed that somebody local wrote that because it was, I mean, it's still good, but, but that was just my mom who went to see a lot of theater productions because my dad was in theater. She said it was the best outdoor production she's ever seen. And considering that she's so lured out that she'd like never to hear her name again. <laughs> that's saying something. Right. Well, the first year it was on, as I say, it was more of an actual play, a performance on stage. And when they came out to the, the current pageant site, they decided they wanted to make it more of a historical pageant instead of just a play. And so um, Bill Richards, who has been the director since about the third year, I believe, he was a technical assistant the second year. He sat down in a hotel room with um, William Anderson, the author who wrote a lot about Laura Ingalls Wilder, and mm-hmm. the author, or sorry, actor, Mark Rosenwinkel. And they actually, he's performed in Chanhassen a bit, and they actually went up to Chanhassen. And Mr. Richard said that he took the second act, and Mr. Rosenwinkel took the first act, and they sat down, and over the course of about three days, they converted it into more of a historical pageant. And uh, Bill Anderson said, why do you even have me there? And Mr. Richard said, because we need to make sure that what we're saying is accurate to the books. And over time it has evolved. There's been many other people who've had input on it. Um, various directors add things, and if we ever find a new little piece of history, we add it to it. And the script has evolved over the years. It's you know, basically the same story, but every year it's different. Some years it's different from one weekend to the next. We may add things. Well, uh, it really is a um, very well-run production from the play itself to the concession stand to the whole deal. So being all professional, does it make a profit? And if so, where does the profit go? Um, most years we just about break even. If we don't have one of the major stars there, we'll pretty much break even. If there is a star, we may make extra money. Any profit we make, though, goes right back into the pageant site itself. We do give out some scholarships to local students who have been in the pageant, but things need repairs. You know, we need new siding on this building, or we are looking at a new light bar, and that's going to take quite a bite out of the savings, and just it goes towards upkeep. And most of the people who are involved are volunteers and don't get any any compensation, which makes it even more amazing. I mean, it, it, I would have to say that most people looking at it would think that this is professional actors. It just really, it, I cannot say enough what a great job you guys do. Well, thank you. you a large part things, of that yeah. is because we do have the same, we do have the same script every year, and so the actors themselves, a lot of them tend to be in the same roles, and so you get to evolve your character. Um, Myself, I've been Elias Beadle, the mayor, since the first year I was in it, and about five years into it, I also started playing Reverend Alden, the minister in town. One year I did take time out to be Dr. Hoyt, but since I have those roles and I've played them for so long, I know the characters. When rehearsal starts... I pretty much just have to glance at the script unless they've given me a lot of new lines. I know my character. I know how to portray him on stage. Everybody else is familiar, and it's just sitting down with old friends and talking again. And I think that helps a lot to the uh, the performance level. The, 
Um, not a problem, but if we do have a new person that comes in, they might have trouble with the roles, but everybody just pitches in to help them come right up to speed, and we're very, very willing to work with any new actors, you know, to help them find their roles, you know, and to give them advice. Well, it really seems like it, it you can just feel the community coming off the stage, and I think that is uh, one of the real hallmarks of uh, your performance. Now, um, step back a little bit. If I was an audience member coming to the pageant for the first time, I wanted to just I have a couple questions about uh, what that I think that type of person might want to know. So at some of the pageants, Mm -hmm. you need to bring your own chair. Is is that the case here? It depends on what kind of seating you have. If you go for the reserved seating, those are folding chairs we set up, and they're directly in front of the stage, and they are the best seats. Otherwise, we do have general seating, and that's located. Okay. I think this time the problem was on the other end instead of it being me. So I'm going to try here, see if I can get a hold of Daryl again. And in the meantime, um, well, I sound like I've been saying all sorts of great things about this pageant, but I really, I do, lovely. Um, I do think that it is, Definitely a production worth seeing. And let's see if Daryl answers. Is it Daryl again? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Well, see, I warned you about me dropping out, and then this time (laughs) it was you. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. So uh, where we uh, broke off was you were talking about uh, the reserved seats were the folding chairs, and uh, then I think you were going to talk about the other kind of seats. Correct. The general admission seats are located on the hillside itself, and you can bring a folding chair if you want. A lot of people do, or you can just spread a blanket on the ground and sit and watch from there. We have a lot of families who will do that. My own wife, when she comes up to watch the show, she'll just put a blanket down on the ground and, you know, sit there and lie back and watch the show. And it gives you kind of a freedom to watch it. You know, you're not confined to a seat. If you want to get up and wander around, feel free to. And that's actually a very popular thing for people to do. You know, even if the good seats are there in the middle of the stage, a lot of people enjoy, you know, sitting on the grass. You do definitely always see people up there. Now, me, myself, I like the reserve seats. I will say, as a a helpful hint, if you're there, especially if it's a group of people, it might be good to get an extra chair because they are kind of tight together, and that way you have a little room to spread your stuff out but then I tend to drag way too much stuff. So that may just be me. But uh, people enjoy it both ways, I think. Uh, And again, being the new traveler coming in, uh, what can you say about where people should stay? Because one of the things I tell people always is one of the, the, I don't know if it's quite a trick, but one of the keys to having a good experience with the Walnut Grove pageant is to make your reservations early about where to stay. So what advice can you give us? Right. That is probably the best advice. If you'd like to have a room that's fairly close to the pageant itself, there are hotels in 
Lamberton, Tracy, you know, either of them are only about 10 miles away from Walnut Grove. If you're willing to go farther away, Marshall has a large number of hotels. It's a, it's a college city, and, you know, that's only about a half-hour drive away. Redwood Falls is about the same distance the other way. Otherwise, there is camping available. There is the Upper Creek Campground that's normally full on pageant weekends, but there are a lot of other campgrounds in the area. Garvin Park is located only about 15 minutes away, and that's a very popular place for people to camp out. And one of them Otherwise, has if the, you need to know. And, and the one that has Lake Laura has the original, what's left of the original stand of walnut trees, too, which I think is awesome. Yes, my family and I have actually gone there and collected the walnuts. So that's oh. our little connection to Walnut Grove. I love collecting walnuts. It is such fun. So you always have to be careful to, to wear gloves or your hands are stained for days and days and days. Okay. Yes, they are. So, <laughs> so uh one more question about uh that is if somebody is coming for the show, uh how early should they get there and do they have to eat first? They should eat first if they want more of a meal. We do have a concession stand on site. They serve hot dogs. Uh in the past we've served tacos and other food. We have chips, we have candy bars and pop, that sort of thing. But if they would like more of a meal, uh, they should go into town. We do have Nellie's Diner, which serves very good food. We have, I believe it's the Legion Club in town has food. And on Saturday night before the shows, the local churches take turns hosting a pageant supper. And that's a very good meal as well. If you come to the pageant itself, the gates open at 7 o'clock. That's the earliest you can get there. And the show starts at 9, so it'll be about two hours of waiting, but there are things to do beforehand. Um, we do have the pageant singers. If we have a guest star, they'll give a talk beforehand. Uh, you can go to the souvenir stand and see what's going on. It's it's not a bad wait. No, I I really enjoy getting there early when I go. The, I personally really enjoy the pageant dinners, but I finally... Um, this last trip, I uh, managed to hit Nellie's Cafe. I got there for breakfast, so I got to go in, and, and that was kind of cool, too. It's just sort of a, a normal kind of mom-and-pop, small-town restaurant kind of deal. And it, it's, if, if you're from someplace else, it is, I think, a good slice of what small-town life is like. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Uh, we, <laughs> so, um, how... If people want, if we have convinced them that they should go see you, which I hope we have, uh, where do they uh, get tickets? How do they get tickets ahead of time? And do they have to have tickets ahead of time? You can buy tickets at the gate. We do have people doing that. Otherwise, you can go to the website, walnutgrove.org, and they, I'm not sure if you can buy tickets on the website, but they do have the number there that you can call to order. And if you come into town, you can get them at the museum or you can get them at Stephanie Electric in town. Errol Stephan was one of the founding members of the production, and he's still involved in it, and he does sell the tickets there. And um, and that was, let's just 
I know you mentioned this before, but let's just let's be clear since we were talking about the tickets. There are actually two levels of tickets you can get. Correct. There is the reserved, and I'm not positive of the current pricing. Um, I'll have to check. It's $2 difference between the reserved seats and the general admission. So, let's see. I was trying to pull it up real quick, but I have to look up the next question, so that didn't work. Uh, Where do you think the best seats are? You mentioned your wife likes the non-reserved so she can lay down and wander around, but... Uh, what if somebody was coming for the first time to see the show? Where do you think they should sit? I think they should sit in the reserve seats. Um, I think it's the yellow section is the middle one, and those are the best seats. You're in the middle of the show. You can see everything that's going on on both sides. Um, if you have a friend who's in a particular scene, for instance, if you're friends with the Olsons. They would be on the left side of the stage, so you would want to get, you know, seats on that side. If you have friends who are, say, in the Kennedy House, that takes place primarily on the right side. And I, I'm sorry, I was wrong. The red section is in the center. Yeah, I normally try. For the yellow red. is on the left, and the green is on the right. The um, and it looks like for the reserved seats, it's going to be seventeen dollars, except. For for uh, when uh, Karen Grassley is going to be there, and it's going to be twenty-five dollars uh, that night. But the rest of the time, it's seventeen for right. the reserved seats. Right. So and I did for get general, it like it's that. fifteen, and then twenty-three on the night she's there. Okay. So, um, what? And I. This was more of an academic question for me until this last year. This was I have been quite a few times to the pageant, and this last time was the first time it just opened up and poured while I was there. So what happens if it rains? If it's just rain, we will go on with the show. We are troopers, and you expect it with an outdoor performance. But if there is severe weather on the way, we will end the show if we have to, and we have people who are on the phone with the Sioux Falls National Weather Service to confirm where the storms are and what direction they are heading. If it is, if the severe weather is before the show begins, we will delay the beginning of the show. One night we didn't start the show until about quarter to 11 because there was such a storm going on, but we knew it would pass. Um, if we make it through the first act of the show, then we just end it at intermission. And if we can make it to intermission, we will. And in that case, there are no refunds. But if we have to cancel it before the first intermission, then there will be refunds. And if it's very bad weather, and I have I have run into some East Coast people who freak out a little bit about tornadoes. I think Midwest people tend to be a little bit more lacks about it whether that's a good thing or not i'm not sure but we deal with the watches enough that it kind of gets on us but if it if it was if if it really is severe weather there's actually um some places not on the grounds but close by that people would go to for shelter if they had to correct there are shelters 
at the Upper Creek Park, and there are shelters in town as well, and town is only about two miles away. And so, as I said, we keep an eye on it, and we don't wait until the severe weather is upon us. We try to make sure we have about 10 to 15 minutes warning so that if it looks like it's coming at us 15 minutes ahead of time, we'll say, we're canceling the show. This is where you can go to be safe. Because our primary um, concern is people staying safe. We do have one exit from the parking lot in the emergency. There are other ways, but we do have to have time for everybody to get out of the parking lot. And so we do try to give them as much advance time as we can in a situation like that. And as far as raining, when you were there, um, in the 10 years I've been in it, I think there have only been two times where we've had to end at intermission because of severe weather, and there's only been one time where we've had to begin late. We have been very lucky with the weather, and I think that might just be because in July it's not normally rainy. And so it's not much of a concern. It does happen. Yes, I am. You can't say stuff like that without knocking on wood. (laughs) (laughs) We do have the protocols in place. We do know what we need to do in case anything happens, and that's, you know, something that comes up at the pageant committee meetings. I'm on the board, and we have talked about all that and how to keep people safe. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear it because it really, while, as I say, it is something we get a little blasé about here in the Midwest, it is something that you want to have planned and in place ahead of time and not wait till the very last second. And that just made right. me think of something, uh, which I was not one of the questions I warned you I was going to ask, and it's never, knock on wood, happened at the actual pageant grounds. If somebody got hurt, is there a first aid station or first aid kit that's available or anything? We do have um, EMT responders at the site itself, I believe. And again, Walnut Grove is only about a mile and a half away. And we do have people whose job it is to make sure everybody is safe. I'm not positive that we have a medical personnel there all the time. I believe we do, but we do, you know, we, I wish I had a better answer for you on that one. That did take me by surprise. I do know we have people there with medical training, and again, the, um, the town itself is very close, so if there is an emergency situation, there's no problem with getting an emergency responder out there. Well, I, I am glad to hear that. When I worked at Usher's Ferry, I was always trying to get my boss to uh, try and have a, an ambulance or out there or an EMT station because at that time we were drawing, you know, like 2,000 people for an event, and you just can't trust that everybody's going to show good sense. You just can't. And even if they do, things right. happen. Okay. So back to the questions I did let you know about. How did you get involved with the pageant? Uh, Eleven years ago, a friend of ours said that my then three-year-old daughter was such a natural actress that it would be a shame if she didn't get a chance to uh, perform somewhere. And so that spring we found out about auditions for the Wilder pageant, which is just 15 miles up the road from our house. And I took her and her sister, who was six at the time, up there, and they both ended up getting parts in the pageant. And that first year, I was a stage dad. I just sat backstage in case anything happened, and 
you know, a couple times I had to comfort them. That's just part of having young children on stage, and it went very well. And the next year I decided I'm up here all the time anyhow. I might as well, you know, be a part of the pageant. And since then, my two oldest daughters have both taken a break from it, but my two sons and my youngest daughter, who is now four years old, are all in the pageant as well. And last year, my youngest daughter, Fiona, it was her first year in it at three years old, and she was very, very happy to be a part of the pageant. She thought that was the greatest thing ever, being with a pretend family. Well, and I'm I got sure to play her father it. in the pageant, so that helped. Yeah, I think I met her when I, um, at this last year. She was very cute. <laughs> okay, so... Um, are the participants in the the pageant all local people? For the most part, they are local because rehearsal is pretty much every night in June. And we just lost Daryl again. Hold on. And we'll see about... Getting him back. But, yeah, this last year I got to um, go behind the scenes of the pageant and get a backstage tour. And it was just uh, really, really cool because it is just uh, an incredibly well designed. Um, uh, well-designed setup, and uh, if you haven't ever been there, seen the things. The two main stages are on railroad cars, so they pull out uh, and pull back in. If the scene is inside the house, you see the inside of the house, but they rotate 180 degrees. So if it's outside, you see the outside of the house. They have um, fire that goes across the stage. It, it's just an amazing event. And do we have Daryl back? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, let's see. We were just talking about that the rehearsals were every night in June. Pretty much, yes. Sometimes we'll take the first week off. It depends on where the and when the show is scheduled. But we have about five solid weeks of performing or of rehearsing every weeknight. And then on Saturdays, often we'll go there and we'll help, you know, touch up the set we'll do painting or we'll do repairs and so yes if you do want to be a part of it that's fine if you've auditioned you know if you can make it to auditions that's great it's just you have to find a way to live in the walnut grove area while the pageant is on because you are expected to be there all the time most of our performers i'm from westbrook personally that's about 15 miles we have a lot of people from Walnut Grove itself or Tracy or Revere or Lamberton, they're about 10 miles away, or Marshall, which is about 30 miles away. So it is local people, you know, with a few hardy souls who are willing to brave the prairie. <laughs> so one thing that uh, I'm interested in this kind of organization uh, and people don't always see it a lot of is uh, how is it run? Is there a pageant board I, th- I think you mentioned that there was before, but how how is it organized? We do have a pageant committee, and I have been a member of the committee for about three years now. And we make some of the decisions 
Um, the main one we have to do concerning the performance itself is hiring a director every year and taking care of maintenance on the buildings and things like that. The director himself or herself has pretty much control of the performance. They get to do the auditions, they get to pick their cast, they get to run the rehearsals, they decide what parts will be in it. And so the committee is really just, as I said, you know, we're looking into replacing a light bar, we're looking into fixing buildings, we're looking into advertising. And those are duties that the committee takes care of. The director's job is running the play. And this year's director is Erin Richards. Um, it will be her second year, but she has been in it from an early age. Her father was Bill Richards, the one who was in it from the second year on. And Erin has grown up in and around the play. She was the assistant director for many, many years, and now she has stepped up to take over the directing duties. And so it's her call on who gets what parts. The committee itself, as I said, is just basically maintenance and, you know, advertising. So who is the target audience for the pageant? Are you aiming primarily at kids, or do you try and have it to make sure adults have an enjoyable time too? Or, or who are you really aiming this at? It is largely at children, although we try to make it accessible for adults. Anybody who has read the Little House books or has seen the TV program will find it enjoyable. Anybody who likes history will find it enjoyable. Uh, the original script that I mentioned before from 1978 on was told from the point of view of Ma Ingalls, Caroline, and in 94 they changed it so that it's based on Laura's recollections of it, and that was to give children a larger part in the performance and to give the child actors more parts to portray, basically, but that way the children can relate to Laura's birthday party or, you know, the scenes that involve the schoolyard. And that was just a way to kind of broaden the appeal, because at first it was more oriented towards adults, and we did try to make it much more child-friendly as well. Okay, let's talk about some of those special effects that you have. And I don't know if you how many secrets you could give away, but uh, just uh, I think it would be kind of interesting to uh, for people to hear a little bit about it. So one thing is you guys use real animals. We do. We have a man named Swede, and I forget his last name at the moment. He lives in the Lamberton area. And he brings his horses over to our performance. We lease them from him for the performances. But he comes over, he's the handler, he drives a number of the wagons. And we do actually have a couple of, I believe they're Belgians, that pull the Ingalls-covered wagon around the prairie and into town. We also have a one-horse buggy, and he has a separate horse for that one, a smaller one. And he'll often be the one driving it, or if we have somebody in the pageant who knows horses, they can drive the buggy as well. Uh, the other animal we have, we do actually have a live calf on the set, and that's for one of the scenes, and we just find a local dairy farmer who has a calf, and if it doesn't get stage fright, as a couple of them have had, they'll come out on stage with us. <laughs> so one of my favorite things is the fact you build a church every night during the performance. So how do you guys manage to do that? It's 
a matter of forced perspective, we actually only put up one wall and the roof on that side. The steeple itself is on a hydraulic lift, and so that, you know, comes up and it's the steeple is all contained. We raise a center beam and then we put some steel oh, braces against it, and then the walls go on that, the ceiling goes on top, and then we put the windows in. And it is a very slick operation. I'm still amazed at it, and I've seen it, you know, probably a hundred times. It just, it all comes together. The first time of the year when we try to do it in rehearsal, it takes us about five minutes, but by showtime, we're down to about two minutes to put the entire thing together. Well, it always is an impressive show. And speaking of impressive shows, let's talk a little bit about fire. And I think this is something that has uh, expanded its role in the performance a little bit from, you know, the earlier times that I've seen it. So how about fire? Well, when Bill Richards, again, was trying to come up with new things to do, he thought it would be good to have a prairie fire because that's one of the stories from the books. And he actually called um, a studio in Hollywood, and he called their special effects and said, I'd like to put on some kind of prairie fire for our show. How would you do it? And the man told him, well, if we want to make it look like a prairie's on fire, we go set a prairie on fire. (laughs) Mr. Richards told him, well, that would work the first night, but then we're kind of out of luck. And he said, well, then I'd go with gas. And so we do. We use natural gas, and it is just, uh, we have a tank backstage, and we have tubing laid under the ground, and we have an igniter. And backstage, when it's time for the fire to go up, they turn it on, the igniter sparks, and we have fire going across the stage. Uh, When they put it out, you know, it just, they turn the valves down and shut the gas off and the fire goes out and it is an incredible incredible thing to see and we also have a smoke machine running at the same time to kind of add to the general effect so it may look like a huge huge fire it's actually not that large but it is a very good effect at night it is and there's more like torches and stuff than than i remember being in pastures too that's actually a new one, and that was where I said sometimes the show changes during the year itself. About five years ago, we thought we would add to the grasshopper scene because when grasshoppers hit, the farmers did have to go out and burn them off the crops. And so the first week of the performances, we didn't have it. And by the second week, we had buckets of kerosene backstage with the torches in them, and they would be lit, and the farmers come out on stage, and they just start sweeping the grounds to burn up the grasshoppers. And it is a very nice effect. And when it's done, they go backstage and we have buckets of water waiting for them. Well, it is very impressive. And since you uh, mentioned the grasshoppers, and the grasshoppers do, well, attack during the the pageant, how do you do that? That's uh, one of the good little Hollywood tricks that we've also learned. It looks very effective. They say the grasshopper's coming, and all of a sudden you hear this horrible humming noise, and you see the grasshoppers flying under the spotlights. And it turns out that backstage we actually have a blower, and we dump oyster crackers into it. And those are oyster crackers you see flying through the spotlights while it's humming, and it is an incredible effect. It really does look like grasshoppers. And afterwards, we don't have to worry about picking anything up. We just let the wildlife have a banquet. <laughs> so, um, and then you guys, it, 
you have pretty good hair and makeup too. Do you have an actual department for that or are people responsible for doing their own? We do have some hair and makeup people where it is their only job. For the most part though, a lot of it is also we have volunteers who will help each other with their hair, with their makeup, you know, the the main characters get more careful consideration, but the children, you know, it's just a little bit of rouge on the cheek and some lipstick and some little dots around the eyes basically to make them stand out. And a lot of people are willing to help out, but we always do have some dedicated hairdressers as well and dedicated makeup artists. Last year, my hairdresser was a girl who's been in the pageant a number of years herself. I believe she was about 10 years old and she decided she was going to help me out. So before every show, she'd sit me down and she'd put hair gel in me and style my hair until I was looking good and then say, all right, you can go on stage now. So I had my <laughs> own personal hairdresser. Well, that's great. What's the best thing about being behind the scenes in the pageant? The best part about being behind the scenes is the feeling of community you get. These are people that you spend about two months of your summer with, and it's pretty much every night for those two months, and you just get to be such close friends with them. There is a line in the pageant when they're building the church, and the line is about how it's part of coming together to form something larger than yourself, to become part of a community. And that's exactly how it feels. You find, you see people later on, and you rec- recognize them, you know you were in the play with them, and it's just like you know old times again. A few years back, we had a number of stars there, and it was great having the guest stars on our set, but to be honest, a lot of the people were more excited because one of our old uh, actresses, the one who played Ma for many years, was back, and she came backstage, and everybody had to go talk to her and catch up, and what's going on, and how are you doing, and it was just amazing to see her, and that is the community you feel like. They do become part of your family. It's like you have a family reunion every year, and some faces may change, but, you know, you always remember who's been in it with you, and you have that shared experience. All right. To go back to the person who's maybe thinking about coming to the pageant for the first time, what else is there to see in Walnut Grove? Until it's time to go down to the pageant grounds, what what should they be doing? On Friday, there's a couple of things you can do. There actually is a Wilder Museum in town, and that has memorabilia from the Ingalls family itself, some items from the TV show, and a number of historic items from the community. And once you go through the museum itself and out back, we have a restored village. We have Grandma's House, which is a house that's been restored to basically the late 1800s furnishings, and so you can see what it was like. We have a one-room schoolhouse. We actually have a dugout people can go in to see what it was like those first years in Walnut Grove. We have a children's area where they can play and pretend to be part of a store or other things. Um, And that's, you know, very popular. We also, or we don't, but you can also go north of town about two miles and you can see the original dugout site on the banks of Clum Creek. And the dugout, of course, has been long gone, but you can go out to the site and you can see where it used to be. They have signs posted, and so you can actually stand there where the stories took place. 
On Saturday, we also have the family festival in town, and that's at the um, the park in the middle of town. And we have a number of vendors that come in there. We have food. We have people selling, you know, souvenir clothing. We have demonstrations going on. You can learn how to whittle wood or do leather working. We have a man who will show you how to shell corn with an old hand-powered corn sheller, and then you can make seed art. Um, we have performers come by. We have music. We've had square dancing out there. We have speakers. We have local authors who come out to the park to talk about their stories. And we just have an area for children to sit down and make necklaces and do other activities. And it's a very fun thing to take part of, and it's all free unless you, you know, want to buy the food or souvenirs. It, it was really um it's it's a fairly big uh, central park for a, a small town. It really is a, a nice piece of real estate, and there was every corner of it, there was something to do. Now, it may not be all stuff to your taste, but I was really impressed how there was all sorts of stuff going on wherever you looked. So uh, it really is kind of a cool thing to, to get to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the cast, uh, myself included, love to go to the family festival and we just meet and we sit and we know we'll have to be out at the pageant grounds later that night, but we love going to the park. And a lot of times we'll get recognized, people have questions for us about what it's like being in the show, and we just like to go there and sit and gossip as well. And so if you go to the family festival, you will see a number of the cast members out there. So if you have any questions for us, you know, feel free to come up and start talking. We're very friendly people. I think you really are. So um, you mentioned uh, that there had been a bunch of actors a few years ago for the 40th anniversary. And I think you have some uh, special guests coming this year, too. Who are they? We do. The first weekend... We're thrilled to have Charlotte Stewart back again. She played Miss Beetle on the TV show. And she will be there the weekend of the, I believe it's the 7th and 8th. I'm not positive of the dates right now. And then the second weekend, we are very pleased to have Karen Grassley, who played Ma on the TV show. And it is her first trip out to Walnut Grove, so we'll be you know, very excited to have her out there. And well, she it's, will it's be in second. town. Oh, it is. <laughs> I apologize. Well, that's all right. I hope her dress makes it this time. If if you don't know, they sell a postcard at the museum of her first trip where they lost, the airline lost her prairie dress, so she's there in a very 70s polyester pantsuit with her bonnet. <laughs> and and it's it's worth buying the card just for that, let alone anything else. It, <laughs> it, so, right, go on, Karen. Well, you know the history of the passion better than I do then. Uh, I was wrong. It's the 8th and 9th is the first weekend. That's when Charlotte Stewart will be there. And Karen Grassley will be there on the 15th and 16th. And I believe she'll be at the Family Festival on Saturday. I think she'll also be at the museum. And she will come out to the pageant itself that night to talk a little before the performance starts. And Bill Anderson's going to be there the first weekend, too, the 8th, 9th, and 10th. But I don't believe he's speaking at the pageant. I may be wrong about that, but I think he's just talking at the family festival and signing books. But that is a full house. You've got somebody cool going to be there every single weekend. So you ought to have blockbuster 
numbers. People ought to just uh, come out in droves. Not as many as for the 40th, though. That was bad. That was pretty uh, exceptional that year. Yeah, that was. I I would be happy never to meet that kind of crowd again. (laughs) But but I'm sure it was. And one thing I actually. One thing I forgot to mention is that at the Family Festival every weekend, we also do have a Nellie and Laura lookalike contest. And that's available for girls up to the age of 12 years old. And they will appear in costume. They are asked a number of questions based on the books. And then we have them perform in little, oh, a few page scenes. And then at the end of it, we do have a Nellie look-alike and a Laura look-alike crowned each weekend. And at the performance itself that night, they are invited to take part with us. They get to tour backstage before the show starts. And once the show is on in Act 2 at the Town Social, they are actually invited to come on stage with us, and they will take part in the performance itself. Well, that's pretty cool. It It is a nice thing. I know um, if if you are interested in having uh, your daughter be little Miss Laura or Nellie, uh, the Walnut Grove one is a great one to go to. The, when I have seen it, and I'm I, sure this is not always the case, but it was a reasonable number of girls to be up against. The best luck I think anybody has is to go to Kansas because the year I was there, there were like five contestants. But uh, Walnut Grove is a good one. It's got a great prize. And Pepin is the the biggest pool of people, so... Um, if you want to go, better your odds for winning, I'd say go to Walnut Grove. <laughs> yeah. And we do, we did, there was a lot of discussion about having it all three weekends. And we didn't know if that would cheapen it. But on the other hand, if the only weekend your family can make it out there is a weekend we don't have the uh, Laura and Nellie lookalike contest, then you would, your daughter would have to miss out on that. And we just we were you know we were kind of saddened by that happening so often because people would say, "Well, this is the only weekend we can make it, and so that's why we have it all three weekends, so that you know anybody who comes out has a chance to take part. Well, I think that really is a a good idea, and I mean it isn't like it's that many i mean it's almost like first, second, and third place. I mean, it isn't like you're giving out dozens of them, so I think that was a good right. decision. And uh, one other thing I wanted to ask about behind the scenes is if you go to visit the pageant, you will often see people with T-shirts say Alec Nelson Fan Club. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) Well, Alec Nelson has been played by Matt Coleman since I've been there, and he's been with the pageant a number of years. And it just started out as a kind of an in-joke because he's had – different wives every year or every other year, but his own family, his daughters have been in it, and somebody came up with the idea to start the Alec Nelson Fan Club, and they all got T-shirts, and they say different things. His real wife shirt actually says a real wife on the back, and the other wives who have been in the pageant will be this year's wife or previous wife. His daughter had one that said real daughter. His pageant daughters had one that said pageant daughter one or pageant daughter two and so it just it started out as an in-joke that kind of snowballed and the year we sprang it on him there were about 30 women 
who all have the T-shirts, and we do have a framed photo of it back in one of the dressing rooms of <laughs> Alec standing there, surrounded by all the members of the Alec Nelson fan club. Well, I just think it's such a great story, and you really do still see the people wearing the T-shirts. So now if you visit, you will know that there uh, is an in-joke there, cause, and that's what's going on, because I just think it's it's a cool thing. But then I'm theater folks, so we do weird things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, um, well, we we discussed that, but uh, what else do you do while you're waiting for the show to start? Because you must have to get there early enough that nobody starts panicking that you're not there yet as the show approaches. So, And you have to get ready and stuff. So what goes on behind the stage? Well, we actually are supposed to be there before 7 o'clock. They want us backstage before they open the gates. And that way, you know, it's it minimizes the number of people who see us in our costumes. And backstage, we have a number of ways to keep busy. Um, I'm usually playing music. I do play the dulcimer when I'm on stage, and I play the spoons. And so I'll just sit backstage and practice. The kids have all sorts of games. They play all the prairie games that they'll play on the schoolyard you know they roll hoops or they play graces and they'll keep busy doing that some people bring books to read or as i said we'll just sit and chat you know it's just it's that community feeling and we just wait when the pageant singers are on we turn on the speakers we can listen to them and it's just like sitting in another green room it just happens to be a very nice one that's outside and we can look out over the prairie while we're waiting um I just thought of something else I wanted to ask, and I just flew right out of my head again. But um, we are, are, I do want to mention also, if people haven't been there before, that you want to be sure to get one of the the programs uh, that they, they have when you get in there, because after the play, they let you come down on the stage and you can get signatures, and it is always a great thing to uh, get an amateur actor's autograph, they will love you for life. So <laughs> That's very true, and the programs are free. We used to charge for them, and now we just give them away. We'd love everybody to have one, so just find an usher and ask for a program. And yes, afterwards, come downstage by all means. We love talking about the show. We love answering questions. We love We love talking to people. We love meeting them, and that is one of the best parts of it for us is having people come down and they say, well, we drove all the way for Indiana to see this and we're so glad we came. And, you know, how can you top a feeling like that, knowing that somebody traveled over a thousand or almost a thousand miles just to watch the show you're a part of? And that's just, it's an amazing feeling. And we've had people come from all across the country. We've had them come from other countries around the world. And we love hearing their stories and we love knowing, you know, who comes out to see us. And on a practical note, it's a good thing to do, uh, not only because it's cool to talk to the actors, but also because leaving the pageant is Walnut Grove's version of gridlock, because there is just the one exit out. So you might as well stay on the stage and talk and enjoy things a little bit, rather than sit in your car in a long line of cars as they slowly make their way out of the parking lot. So it is a cool thing to do, and I uh, sure hope anybody who gets to go will take advantage of that. 
Yes, that is something you do need to take into consideration. It's just the way the place is lined out, there was only one way to really come into the parking lot, and it's just, you know, we, we would love to be able to add a second exit someplace, but just because we are on the hillside, you know, you'd have to go up the ditch. We haven't found a good place to put another exit yet. But it is something well, I, the committee has talked about. I just don't know where Finding another exit from the patching grounds. And even if you did, I mean, you'd almost, I mean, it isn't just that there's one way out of the parking lot. There's really kind of one main way into town. So I don't know if it would. I see you present me with a problem, and I immediately start thinking it through to see. But I, I think, yeah, I don't know how how you could make it better unless you like just widen the the driveway. But then that would still, yeah, I don't. Right. I, I think that's a puzzlement. I don't think there's a way to make it better. But I mean, it's worth it. Spend a few extra minutes on the, talking to the actors and then uh, put up with it. I'm sure people, anybody coming from the city would laugh at the fact we call it gridlock. It's just, <laughs> it, it, it isn't that bad. It just lasts for a few minutes, but it is something to be aware of. If you're one of those people yeah. who, who have to leave immediately and want to and hurry to the car, calm down. You'll get there. Things will work out. Yes. We would rather you wait a few extra minutes to leave um, we'd prefer that over people who uh, start walking out during the epilogue. And before, you know, we're even done with the play, we do have people go to the parking lots to try to get out and beat the rush. And it is understandable, but it's a little disheartening for us because we've got the big finale coming up and, you know, people start leaving their seats. And If you can, stay and watch the entire show. It is a very good ending, and we like to take our bows and talk to people. Yeah, and... And it does seem like some people, if you if you have to leave, try and be a little circumspect about it. Some people walk right in front of the stage. I don't know what they're thinking. But anyway, we are almost out of time. You thought a half, an hour would take forever, didn't you? <laughs> I was kind of wondering about that. <laughs> it went fast, though. Yeah, I, I know. People always are worried, and it always goes fast. Well, almost always. I've had a couple people I've had to, like, pull teeth to get to talk. But for the most part, uh, it goes fast. So you got about a minute left. Did you have anything else uh, you wanted to uh, mention about the show or uh, anything that people should know or any other big finale ending you can give us? I think we've covered most of it. I just wanted to thank you very much for asking me to be on the show tonight. It's uh a lot of fun talking about it. I am an actor. I do enjoy talking about the show, and I really do think we have a very good performance. We've had so many people tell us that, and we do try to put on a good show. So come out and see us. You won't be disappointed. And I can definitely second that. It is well uh, worth going to. And if you haven't figured out by now that I like it, then you haven't been paying attention. So Thank you for coming on, Daryl. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you guys get a chance, be sure to go to the Walnut Grove pageant. And in the meantime, this is Trendlebed Tales reminding you to brighten the corner where you are.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.